keeping the drama to a maximum after what happened uh, the US Open and the game is only finished what about half an hour ago tennis editor tennis tragic boss of the newsroom Matt Brown joins us in studio should you have gone home by now mate? ah Darcy no always a pleasure for you mate always a pleasure it's always a pleasure for me that's nice well to be here with you oh right okay <laughs> The pleasure was mine. I'm sure it was. So, look, what what happened there? Was this expected? You were muttering to yourself, as you often do in the newsroom, if it goes to five, I'm backing the younger guy. Yeah. I don't think Federer's got the legs. He didn't look like he had them tonight. Uh, clearly, um, Dimitrov played some inspired tennis. He was serving remarkably well against Federer. I mean, this is a guy who hadn't, I think he'd got one set off Federer, seven previous matches. So, but, you know, look, Federer's 38, and, and it's a hot, steamy night in New York. Uh, Dimitrov served really well. Federer looked to be in cruise control in the first set. Uh, second set, though, he dropped his serve early, and Dim- Dimitrov pounced and was able to level it up. Federer again wrestled back the initiative in, in, in what was a very high-quality third set. But the fourth set, you just sense after he broke in the opening game, Dimitrov really had the bit between his teeth. And, and Federer was just struggling. Um, he made a lot of unforced errors, his forehand particularly, which is his, is his best shot. Uh, a lot of errors on that forehand today. And and it just another one of those days. We've seen last three years now, US Open, John Millman, as we heard from Ali last year in that quarterfinal, Kevin Anderson, the big lanky South African the year before. Uh, so, yeah, um, bye-bye Roger from New York. I mean, he's you know he's not going to win another US Open. This was a great chance for him to perhaps get to a final against uh, Rafael Nadal. He said after... Afterwards, he went off the court after the fourth set, Darcy, and uh, and got some treatment. And he doesn't usually, he, he's never ever quit during a match, ever during his career. Uh, and he said he was struggling a little bit with his uh, back and neck. And okay. so he went off, uh, but he doesn't use it as, as an excuse to lose the match. Dimitri, you know, it wasn't the difference between him losing and winning the match. Dimitrov just played too good. He wasn't as surly as Djokovic when he left then? He's disappointed. He felt, felt as I just said, he felt he had a lost. It was a lost opportunity for him because you know if he had got through that match, you two sets to one up, not playing your best, get through it. You're suddenly in a semi final. You got two days off before your next match. Um, you know you're in that business end of the tournament. Let's face it. I mean, he was semi finalist at the French Open, runner up by. <laughs> by, by, by centimetres Two match in, points. in Wimbledon uh, so yeah he's still there or thereabouts I don't expect to see him play too much more before the end of the year though uh, you know probably play one tournament before the uh, season ending you know Masters in London I'd, I'd say a decent break now and then get ready for 2019 he's already said he wants to play 2020 his 40s. we're 2020. already in 2019 yeah, you can't go back in time there you go, Medvedev, Medvedev, Dimitrov. One of them will be in the final. You've got to have back Dimitrov, the young Russian, who has been in un- incredible form uh, this year, beat Stan Vavrinka earlier today. So I think he's on one side of the net. The other side is, is Arne Dahl, and Nadal to win it. Yeah, right, there you go. Done. Hey, just going 19, back. 19 slam if he gets it, one behind Federer. Just going back to Federer with the unforced mm. errors that, that started creeping into his game, is that something he can directly attach to fatigue or not? Probably a bit of fatigue. I mean, he was scratching his first two rounds, didn't play well. But then the last two matches, he absolutely played superbly. Hardly dropped any games against David Goffin and and I forget and and the other match he played. Uh, the you know the last two matches he's won very easily. Uh, so yeah, a bit of fatigue creeps in. Creeps in. You know, you you're three hours and fifteen minutes match. Uh, but the momentum was with Dimitrov because he had to save a bunch of uh, breakback points at five four on serve in that fourth set to take it to take the set, five he saved. You know, if it had been five all, maybe Federer would have won on and four. So by holding serve you, to take the set, you've got that, you just G'd up. And uh, no matter what sport you play, you know, you've gone on, a, one player's on a high, the other's on a bit of a low. So to strike first, to break him in that opening game, you know, the match can quickly get away from you if you don't have that energy. And clearly Federer, having had that treatment, didn't have the energy. 
There you go. You say it's Nadal's to win based on the yeah. fact that he's he's an absolute genius on the court or the competition's just simply not there at this stage? Does he win by default? He's won it three times uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, he won it the last time. He is a very good player on the hard courts of the US Open. He hasn't lost a match since that Wimbledon semi-final loss to uh, Federer. He's looked the best player out there in this tournament. Injury-free uh, as well. He's injury-free. Uh, and with 18 Grand Slams, none of his opponents have won a Grand Slam or prospective opponents. There's Gael Monfils, there's Dale, uh, Diego Schwartzman. I mean, you know, whoever he plays in the semis, he'll play Schwartzman in the quarterfinals. He's never lost to him. He'll beat him tomorrow. I think he'll beat Monfils probably in the semis. And then, um, you know, who knows? Dimitrov, if he gets, sorry, Dimitrov, uh, Medvedev, if he's in the final, could be a good match. But you'd have to back the experience in a Grand Slam final of Nadal. Other side of the draw with the women, how's that looking? Well, it's got to be Serena Williams, doesn't it, this year? Yeah, but we, we say it, we that every time. Three, we Come on. In three Grand Slams, but yeah. she's the only Grand Slam winner left. The other player I will throw in there, though, is a player I'm sure you want to talk to Carl Budge about after five, Bianca Andreescu, the 152-ranked player in the world when she came to Auckland <laughs> and qualified, made the final uh, against Gurgis, lost that final, went on to win two massive titles uh, in the quarterfinals. She's got a really good chance of getting through that section of the draw to, to play in the final uh, against probably Serena Williams, which would be just awesome uh, on Sunday morning New Zealand time, because uh, you know Andreescu's got everything. Uh, everyone who's anyone in tennis is talking about her as you know a world number one in the making, and she, um, you know, she's been signed for the ASP Classic to come back. That's great news. But yeah, Serena, I think she will beat Svitolina, who's going to be tough. Svitolina won't be like the Chinese player today and lose one in love. Yep. She's won the Tour Championship last year. She's sort of coming of age, made the Wimbledon semifinals and now semifinalist here. Uh, so she'll be tough, but Serena's power and, and she looks fit and, and in good shape. you know. So I think um, Serena to get through that one. And I think Andreescu wins tomorrow against Mertens, makes the semifinals. Um, that would be huge. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, who knows um, from there. But I, I think my money is probably on... Andreescu to get through that top section of the draw and to play Serena in the final. Isn't it the kiss of death saying it's the next big thing? Because you always oh, hear that in women's tennis. But, no, but, but don't Ricky you? Swinell, Ricky Swinell will be listening to me now <laughs> and saying, the uh, no, dreaded cliche king. No, not criticism no, of you, but thing. you know what but I mean. Yeah. Every year there's, oh, this yeah. is the next great thing and every year they fall off the pace again. Yeah, it seems to be... do because Osaka emerged and she won two Grand yep. Slam and she's certainly right up there and is going to... She's only 22. Coco Goff could well be the next big thing. I mean, Coco Goff's going to be a phenomenal player, Das. Uh, but yeah, Andreescu, she's 19. She has all the makings of, um, you know, she's got that incredible forehand, so much power, so much confidence. She plays such an aggressive game. She is, is huge. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, to have her back in Auckland for the ASB Classic and, um, and you know, and to think that players like Wozniacki and Gurgis will probably come back. Sophia Kennan, who's now top 20 in the world. Uh, maybe Coco Goff. It'll be one heck of a field come January. Maybe Coco Goff. What do you know that I don't? Well, they've chased her. They've talked to her, and 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 I'm sure she's top of the list of of the remaining players. Um, the issue for her, though, is she's so young, 15, can't get a wild card. Her ranking needs to be higher than where it is to probably right. get into the main draw. Uh, so it'll be, it could be, you know, it could be out of the organisers' hands. But um, but yeah, we'll wait and see what Carl Butch has to say today. Tennis with Crown forklifts. Ask about earning a hundred dollars with their demo challenge, and it's probably time high time you went home and pestered <laughs> your family, Matt Brown. Thanks very much for that, as always. Thanks, Dust. Cheers, mate.